And now, what it really means with your hosts, Brad Shepard and Paul Harrell. Welcome to the show, everyone. I'm your host, Brad Shepard. And as always, I'm joined by my co-host, Paul Harrell. It is July 7th, 2021. We're coming off the July 4th weekend. Paul, how's it going? It's going great. I celebrated Independence Day with my family. We shot fireworks. There was there were no incidents. It was uh, it was fantastic. Matter of fact, I, in my neighborhood, I have never heard so many people shooting off fireworks. Um, and so it's it was just you know it was it was actually very encouraging. Um, yeah, you know, people celebrating what independence we have left. <laughs> yeah, <laughs> yeah, exactly. I have the luxury of the redneck subdivision fireworks show so i i don't even bother leaving my house now for july 4th i just go into the backyard you know you can go into the backyard and sit in your patio furniture and crack open a beer and watch the fireworks show amongst your neighbors uh but uh yeah had a lot of fun and uh i think in some weird way it was reminiscent of you know july 4th and the america of past it was a good time, but it also was, I think, uh, a sobering reminder of where we're at today as well and, and how much work we yeah. have to do. Well, you know, what, what what's increasingly clear to me about the 4th of July holiday is, you know, for a long time, many Americans regarded it as a nonpartisan holiday. I mean, you can go back and look at the founders. They were able to agree on the big stuff, but maybe they still had a disagreement here or there on domestic policy. But now, I mean, if you listen to the left, uh, the 4th of July is now a partisan holiday. Uh, and it, it's, it's sad to say, and if you're one of these people, which I'm sure you're not listening to what it really means, but if you're one of these people you know, who are on the left or you've got a friend who's on the left who still thinks it's somehow nonpartisan, well, you're wrong because we have people on the left that think if you celebrate the 4th of July, you're a racist now. And that's the truth. That's what it really means. Uh, of course, that's not what the 4th of July really means, um, but that's what they're saying it means. Yeah, it's incredible. By the way, we got a request from a listener on Twitter. <laughs> this was uh, this is funny. Shout out to Iron Patriot. Uh, but he uh, he wants us to go 90 minutes every week because the podcast is so great. So so he, he thinks it's thinking. too short. OK, it's okay. too short. Yeah. Like we're not we're not Rush Limbaugh, but we're kind of, you know, we're moving on up, you know, like. Well, the that's Jeffersons. right. Well, maybe we should maybe we should explore uh, some sort. I don't know. I mean, maybe he wants to pay us for the extra 30 minutes. <laughs> maybe that would be something Iron Patriot would be interested in. <laughs> Speaking of July 4th and talking about where we're at today versus where we've been, there was perhaps no better reminder uh, than this. Um, and it was on video. It was Jen Saki, And she had a Saki bomb. It was a big one. Let's take it a listen to uh, Joe Biden's plan to improve vaccine compliance. This is the United States of America. But this is where we're at today. Take a listen. The president will outline five areas his team is focused on to get more Americans vaccinated. One, uh, targeted community by community door to door outreach to get remaining Americans vaccinated by ensuring they have the information they need on how both safe and accessible the vaccine is. Hmm. Door to door. Yeah. And I saw Biden came out and doubled down and said that they're, they're going to do the door to door thing. I mean, that, that it's a real thing. This is what they're actually wanting to do. Yeah. Um, 
I, I don't I don't know. I think maybe they should reach out to Mitt Romney. He can get him in contact with some Mormons and all these workers can get used to rejection because that's exactly what's going to happen. Maybe the Mormon missionaries can tell them a little bit of something. How do you keep going if people keep refusing the vaccine? Honestly, Brad, if they come to my door asking or telling me that I need a vaccine and wanting to get, I can't wait for that conversation. But personally, like I, I can't wait to have, uh, they're not going to want, I'm, I'm not saying any, uh, I'm not threatening in any way. I just mean, I would love to have a conversation based on the data, based on the facts, the 99% survival rate, not to mention what's going on with the vaccines and the horror stories and things like that. Uh, you know, the FDA has not approved. I mean, they're going to come to my door and tell me to take something that hasn't actually been approved by the FDA, the way a normal vaccine is going to be approved by the FDA. I mean, imagine this as I was listening to Biden and Saki, I am so sick of this virus. I am absolutely sick of them still pretending that that uh, this virus is the threat that it has been proven not to be. Yeah, it's really incredible. And the reactions to it, I think, were really incredible as well. Conservative pundit John Miller said, if any Biden administrator shows up to my door, they will regret it. And yes, that is a threat. <laughs> so, so, so there's a, a variety of responses. Um, there are those type of responses uh, like John Miller's. And then there's just, you know, simply the response. Well, I'd love to have that conversation. And then there's people who say, you know, get the hell off my lawn. We don't want you on our property uh, pushing this vaccine. It's not appropriate for you to be doing this. This is a communist tactic and uh, and we're not going to tolerate it. So it's going to be it's very, very interesting in a lot of ways um, how it almost feels like we're crossing a Rubicon by doing something like this. Yeah, you're you're exactly right. I, I wonder, has anyone ever seen there's some great YouTube videos or the, the recorded calls of when a telemarketer calls? There are there are people out there, I would say, really uh, compassionate, good Americans who waste uh, scam robocallers time as much as they can. So if you know you're asking, you know, give me your credit card, sir. I need to help you renew your car warranty. Well, then they will give. They will look for their credit cards. They will. They will do everything they can, and, and they record it and they put it up. It's really entertaining because these these call these uh, callers get extremely mad because then they realize that they're being scammed and their time has been wasted. Maybe that's what we should do with the. These pro-vaccination <laughs> people, you come here, I mean, just, oh, you have vaccine? Oh, yeah, let me get it. How do I get it? You know, do you have the needle right here? And I mean, and just maybe you should just, you know, waste their time as much as possible until the last possible minute. And then, you know, there, there could be some really funny Internet content if people want to go ahead and put some cameras up and record their conversations with these people. By the way, I'm assuming, Brad, that the types of people that are going to be coming to our door with the vaccine or with the information on the vaccine are going to be top-notch individuals, <laughs> uh, just highly intelligent and highly motivated uh, folks. Oh, yeah, nothing but the best of, of the best here. We talked about this before, Paul, but... When you've got a virus and it's it's so dangerous, you have to have a vaccine rushed and you have to have all of the system, essentially. I mean, I think that's how you would encapsulate the entire thing in one word or two, you know, the system. Uh, but when you have to have everybody pressuring you to take this vaccine and now coming to your house to pressure you 
to take the vaccine. That should be a clue that maybe you shouldn't take the vaccine. And by the way, uh, are they going to have a list? Are they looking at our medical records in violation of HIPAA law? Do they Are they going to know if we've taken the jab or not? That's what I want to know. No, that's a really good question. Um, and we can count on the government. You know, if they are going to look at our data, they're not going to be held responsible for breaking any of the laws. Because when the government... The government does what you and I can't do, you know, or we would go to jail. That's a really good point. Um, and like you said earlier, it does. We are crossing the Rubicon. I mean, just last year in the middle of the pandemic, did you think that people would just line up the way they are and defend the vaccines? You know, that's the interesting part. You know, you mentioned all of these major institutions entertainment, government, everybody's telling you to get it. They are very upset that not enough people have gotten the vaccine. And now we're hearing more about the Delta variant. I'm hearing it here in my home state like like crazy because it's, uh, you know, it's a, reported to be a hot spot. And so there's a lot of fear mongering going on once again. And um, now they're going to come to our homes. And so you would assume also that they're going to come to the places that are they're going to at least start where the reported hot spots are as well and so if you'd have asked people a year ago you know what are the odds that this is going to happen i think they would have said that this is ridiculous that this is silly but that's what we've been enduring this whole thing is ridiculous this whole thing is silly uh, let me let me let me clarify it for all of those out there that need to clarify it i'm not saying the virus isn't real i'm not saying it's not real and it didn't actually do do, do things to certain people I'm not saying that uh, and I hate the fact that I even feel the need to clarify that anymore because it's a straw man argument to say that it wasn't real. But the the bottom line is this is this has been used. Okay, this this was from China. Whether it was on purpose or not, we quote don't know yet. But I've read good movie scripts. This was all scripted out. Everything that's happening so far is about control. It's about power. They don't want to give the power up. They want people more dependent on the government. They want the Great Reset. They want us afraid. If you get anything from all of this, they want us afraid, and they want us to turn against each other. They don't want us to make individual decisions because fundamentally communism is not about protecting the rights of the individual. And this is where we are. And I said this last year when I think we started this the podcast, Brad, about, you know, now it's masks. You know, it was masks at first where you would get these dirty looks and the division. I mean, they made a virus a political issue. They made forcing people to wear articles of clothing on their face a political issue. And and you had people, you know, you had people calling the cops because somebody's not wearing a mask. And it was at that moment I realized how effective these brainwashing techniques are because now it's masks. It'll be guns next you know, or something else. You're not, you know, you know, you're not, you're, you're, you're not using a hybrid car. You're driving a gas guzzling car. So, I mean, with the right crisis, right, with the right crisis and the right rhetoric, they can get a certain percentage of the population to act like complete idiots. Oh yeah. All they have to do is say, Delta variant. I, I'm just waiting for the next one, you know, echo variant, Foxtrot variant. All they have to do is use the military phonetic alphabet to scare people. Uh, you know, it's, it's like, oh, this one's really contagious. Oh, this one really contagious in children. But now we've got the 
children's vaccine. So don't worry, just let them have it. Oh, they're having issues with their heart and they're dying. Oh, well, it's it's very small cases. Just spin the wheel and, and uh, make the deal. Take the jab. Take the chance. I mean, this is crazy. And it is working. They are ruling people by fear. And I see it personally in people in real life. All they have to do is use the system to promote a new variant and how dangerous it is. And it makes people, it it makes them cower down. They are ruled by fear. And and they know that. The system knows that. We've talked about this before, Paul, how they've used this to go to war before, to keep us safe so they don't come here and get us. Wasn't that the little justification in the Middle East? Yeah. Yeah, it really Find was. Find them over there so they don't come here. Well, the only way they're coming here is if we let them. We got open borders and a refugee program from hell. But outside of that, they're not coming here. We're going there. Uh, and, and so they use that same sort of safety and security justification because it works and people are ruled by fear. So, you know, you bring up an interesting por- a, a point. Uh, on fear. And I would, I would, everybody's afraid of dying, right? But I would argue that the fear of death is, is more heightened, um, and is making people not embrace the life that God is giving them and, and, and making them think clearly and using common sense because the, the fear of death and the promotion of atheism, uh, that, you know, life's just basically a bunch of chemicals that come together and react. And then, you know, nothing happens after you die naturally that's going to make people even more afraid of death uh you know whereas the christian ethic and the idea that used to be just ingrained in our society that earth is sandwiched in between a heaven and a hell and you you will be you will be judged when you when you die before a perfect and holy god um you know (laughs) that is uh well, honestly, as I say this, honestly, <laughs> uh, that that's that's uh, that's enough to be afraid in and of itself. Um, but it's because we are less and less of religious people, as Adams said. I think we're more and more afraid and clinging to this life, uh, and and it really just goes to show the type of leadership that we have. A lot of people want to put it on the boomers, uh, you know, and that sort of thing. But um, I would venture to say, and this is I mean, this is not scientific at all, but I, I would venture to say people are are more terrified of death in this day and age than they used to be because of the promotion of atheism, and be, and the government is now using that and ruling that over you in the form of a uh, a quote you know deadly pandemic, which by the way they had to change the definition of what a pandemic is in order for this to even qualify as a pandemic. Well, they have to change the definition to whatever suits them to, you know, pretend like there's a lot of COVID-19 deaths. As we know, people who died of heart attacks were being listed as COVID-19 deaths. So whatever it is to suit their interest of promoting this propaganda. Again, we're not saying that a lot of people didn't die from COVID-19 or at least that was some factor. We're simply saying we don't actually know what the true number is because it was heavily politicized and people who had other medical issues that they actually died from were being counted as COVID-19 deaths. Again, it's whatever to suit the agenda from the system. 
Exactly, and uh, you know, with the with the WHO changing the definition of herd immunity, when the vac right when the vaccines came out, what's mm -hmm. herd immunity? Well, it's when people get the virus and get over it. No, now it's how many people have been vaccinated. Yada yada yada. That was a few months ago. Yada yada yada. Joe Biden wants to go door to door and uh, tell people about vaccines. Have you heard the good news? <laughs> they want <laughs> to literally be vaccine evangelists door to door. Again, I'm telling you, got to contact Mitt Romney. Get used to disappointment. The Mormon missionaries will be able to tell you a thing or two about how they keep going on their bicycles. And I think there's a parallel here, Paul. I don't know if you heard this story, but the U.S. Capitol Police are planning to expand operations outside of Washington, D.C., they're opening up offices in Florida and California in an effort, of course, to better protect our lawmakers. So now, by the way, what you literally have, what is literally taking place before your very eyes is a nationalized police force, folks. They're getting out of Washington, D.C., and they're spreading out into California and Florida. And who knows where else in the future? We're getting a nationalized police force. That's what is happening. Man, that's that's absolutely terrifying. Um, you talk about crossing the Rubicon. My goodness, Brad. Um, and I actually hadn't heard that. Yeah. Now think about it. Let's let's set the table, Paul. As you said, they are going door to door to make sure you take the jab. And they're also spreading out the Capitol Police. The Capitol Police, last time I heard, U.S. Capitol was Washington, D.C. Now they're going to be all over the country. And who knows? I guess they'll have some sort of expanded law enforcement authority and from a jurisdictional standpoint. But they're going to be all over. Who knows what they'll be directed to? I mean, is this the secret police? What is going to happen here with this? nationalized police force under the Biden administration. This is scary stuff. Oh, yeah, definitely. Um, <clears throat> I, I just I don't. You know. You, you, you've got to you've just got to wonder, are there going to be any more people that are going to wake up here? And and then as those that come that comes out of my mouth, I get really pessimistic because then I think about people on the left when Trump was in office saying, the same thing. Are there's anybody gonna, you know, is there anybody gonna wake up that he's gonna be a dictator? Trump's gonna be a dictator, you know, <laughs> um, and that's all they would say. And and they're like, and of course, you know, it's it's two different Americas, man. I mean, it's two different Americas. We really have that right now. You know, you've got those on the left that are that that are they love everything Biden does. They love everything the media tells them to. They they love all of this communist Chinese party communist funded corporations that are telling them how to think and they're they're lapping it up they're huge fans all of a sudden of the intelligence community and everything else and then you got the other half of the country maybe even more that think that the guy who claims to be uh, in the white house now is uh, uh not uh legitimate and they literally believe that the rightful president is going around the country having rallies right now and i mean I mean, I've never I've never really thought that it could get like this. But I mean, you have people who have completely different elite. We pledge allegiance to the flag and there are now two Americas and they are allegiance. Their allegiance is to two totally different ideas and to, to, two totally different presidents, too. Not that we pledge allegiance to the president, but you, you see my point. Oh, absolutely. It's. 
many ways it is to Americas. I mean, there is in America that, you know, literally believes that Joe Biden got 81 million votes. And then there's in America that understands that would never have happened. That was just completely not true. And we have to fix the voting system so that doesn't happen again. So there very much is to Americas. And that really dives into uh, a lot of the election audit stuff that is, I, I think it just continues to pick up momentum. Um, you know, they're finding the same problems in Michigan that they found in Arizona and Georgia. Remote access logons to election systems with ability to change results. Arizona voter registrations were hacked on November 3rd. And their Democrat Secretary of State has been covering it up as we find out. I mean, that's incredible. Uh, Katie Hobbs, their Secretary of State, totally corrupt. She knew about this, um, as well as the Maricopa County Board of Supervisors, but they kept it hidden. Yeah, uh, this this was a, this was a huge development. The election audits are getting more and more interesting by the day. And, you know, even though the Arizona one's been over and we're waiting on the report. But, um, yeah, Arizona election servers hit by security breach on November 3rd. Secretary of State kept the news hidden. Wow. What an absolute horrible public official. What an absolute horrible human being to, you know, be opposed to the audit. I mean, these people really do have skin in the game, Brad. And they're, they're you know, their heads are on the chopping block here. No wonder they're doing everything they can. And then, of course, over in Georgia, we saw the dam kind of break a couple of weeks ago where, where Ratzenberger, or however you say his last name, finally started to admit that there was some things that happened in, in uh, Fulton County that, you know, you know, that are, that are not good, the lack of chain of custody documents and everything else. Well, he's trying to save his skin. Um, and then we're looking at other states. This is spreading where we're going to have more audits potentially. I saw a report over the weekend uh, that Pennsylvania may be keen up for an audit where, I mean, and I'm telling you right now, if that's the one that happens, I know you mentioned Michigan, but if, if, if Arizona does what we all think it's going to do, and look, we don't know what's going to happen, but let's just, I'm just talking about information, okay? So if the information is out there, and Joe Biden did not, in fact, win legally Arizona, if the same thing happened in Georgia, which is almost a certainty, it is almost a certainty, it is a certainty, okay? Joe Biden did not win Georgia. Everybody knows that, okay? It's just about proving it at this point and getting the numbers, getting access to the numbers, which they don't want us to have. And then if Pennsylvania decides to do an audit, you are going to see the entire nation literally just pivot. It's just it's going to be absolute madness. And the Democrats, of course, have a lot of institutional power up there in the north and in Pennsylvania. And you want to talk about vitriol. We haven't seen anything from the left. As bad as the left is, the worst that you can say, the worst that you can think of the things that they say and the things that they do, if there is an audit conducted in Pennsylvania after what's happening in Arizona and Georgia, you're going to see people absolutely, it'll be exponentially bad in terms of what the left is capable of. I agree completely. I think there's a lot of corruption in Pennsylvania. And I think that will definitely be uncovered. I think Michigan will be easy to prove. Um, I think Pennsylvania would be absolutely a huge one. And it's got to be done. We have to fix this. We're not letting it go. Um, and, and yeah, I, I think that is 
just an excellent point. You know, Boris Epstein, a Trump advisor, was on uh, Steve Bannon's war room. And, you know, without getting into specifics, he's essentially saying his sources are telling him that, you know, some some really alarming things are going to be revealed out of this Arizona audit um, and, and, you know, big discrepancies. So, I mean, again, that was that was the total was very close in Arizona. Uh, so if there is big discrepancies, we we have a big problem. Yeah. Uh, so that's going to be very interesting to keep an eye on. Well, then you have like little things too, and and this is this is what this is kind of the optics here that dawned on me today. I saw an article over at theblaze.com, and it was an article saying that the uh, the chairman of the Oklahoma Republican Party is deciding not to back the incumbent senator in that state, whose name is escaping me right now because I don't have it in front of me. He's backing his primary challenger. And this apparently is unprecedented, and it is unprecedented. A lot of times, at least in appearance, these state committee chairmen or these state party chairmen, they at least want the appearance of neutrality. So to come out and say, I'm not supporting the incumbent, and his reason is, Brad, because the senator of Oklahoma pledged to challenge the election results on January 6th and did not. He was actually in the well or the lectern or whatever they call it, when the Capitol had to be evacuated, you know, for the safety and and God rest uh, AOC's peace of mind and everything else, when all of that took place and they came back, he used the, quote, insurrection, end quote, as an excuse to withdraw his formal objections to seating the electors. And so um, it's by that reason and that reason alone that the head of the state party in Oklahoma is backing the primary challenger. Uh, and so these people are going to start to look dumber and dumber. Stu- I mean, so corrupt. The, the, these, these senators that didn't, the senators uh, like like my own senator, John Bozeman, who, di- who blamed Trump for January 6th, uh, they, they are going to start to look even worse. It, it, the, the more and more this comes out, um, it, it's going to look really, really bad on it. It's going to be a a stain. You know, they want to talk about it It was the darkest day in American history. We know the left and we know those that buy the leftist media talking points. They project what they're really guilty of. It it will be that, but it won't be this this phony insurrection that the FBI had informants, you know, encouraging everybody. It's going to be the fact that our system failed. Um, The senators failed. They backed themselves. They backed their own power. The Supreme Court failed. They backed themselves. And I don't know how it's all going to shake out, but it will be one of the darkest days in American history, but not the way they said. Yeah, and I don't know if you saw, but over the weekend, Matt Gates told the crowd that he intends to nominate Donald Trump as Speaker of the House in 2022. Uh, interestingly wow. enough, we we had just talked about that, Paul. You had suggested the idea. Now Matt Gates is saying it out loud. Yeah, wow, well, that would be it, interesting. That would, you know. And originally they were saying, well, you know, he could run for Congress in Florida, and I'm, I was like, no, he doesn't have to run for Congress. You, they can they can nominate you, Brad, as Speaker of the House next year. If, you know, if the Republicans control it. Um, and so, yeah, that's that's very interesting. Um, it's certainly, uh, honestly, uh, and uh, you know, this is. This is we're we are in unprecedented waters, and so forgive me, 
because you know I know a lot of people. Uh, what's I tell you what what's what's interesting to me, Brett, is there's a lot of people on our side that get frustrated um, with with talking about putting Trump back in office. Or, or and look, I know it's a long shot, but we're but we've never had an election stolen before like this, where it's publicly known. So we're in uncharted waters. If Trump were to become the Speaker of the House, he is you know now very close to being back in the White House just because of this uh, of the secession uh, or succession. And so you know if if Biden. And, and Kamala didn't actually get the 270 electoral college votes that they were supposed to. I mean, you know, what what, what are you going to do? How do you resolve that? It's just, it's it's a it's a uh, you know maybe one of those things where the, there's there's no uh, technically legal way to address everything, but there is a way to make it right. And 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 who knows? Maybe uh, maybe that's a path to make things right. Well, I certainly don't think we should rule that out. I mean, I would not expect it per se. Uh, but as you of mentioned, course. we're in uncharted territory. We have to try to make that happen, right? Uh, if we can go through a process where it is confirmed that Donald Trump won the election, uh, then we should absolutely be supporting his return to the White House mid-term. Joe Biden does not matter. Go home, Grandpa, back to the nursing home and, and take Kamala back with you to turn tricks on Hollywood Boulevard. I mean, we have to do what is right by the laws of this country. Uh, we haven't been doing that. And I didn't know Kamala was a magician. Sorry, yeah. go ahead. <laughs> we have to do what's right. I'm sorry. Go ahead. She's uh, she's got a lot of tricks, uh, like like David Copperfield. Yeah, right? like yeah, David Copperfield. I know. Exactly, I, I know. Yeah, that's exactly what I mean. Um, so, but that's what we have to do. And again, uncharted territory. So it is what it is. Uh, and we're fortunate to have people like Mike Lindell trying to push for truth and justice in our election system. And and we'll see what happens. You know, you can't say, you know, what's going to happen. The only thing I can say is I know Joe Biden is not running this country. No, you're, you're exactly right about that. He is. Uh. You know, it's it's either Kamala, it's either uh, uh, Jill or Valerie Jarrett or literally Obama in a basement somewhere. Obama with an earpiece. Yeah, could be. Um, who knows? Who the hell knows at this point? We just know it's not Joe Biden. This guy can't even eat ice cream correctly. I mean, he goes into an, a, a store, gets ice cream. They ask him a question about Russia and he's got to pull out the note cards because he doesn't know what the hell to say. Joe Biden is like, if you've ever seen the movie Multiplicity with Michael Keaton, he's like a copy of a copy of a copy. I don't know if you get to the fourth Michael Keaton in that movie where he's putting his, like, he's eating pizza and uh, he, he doesn't talk straight or whatever. And he gets his wallet out and he puts a slice of pizza in his wallet and it's a trifold and he folds it up three times, puts it in his pocket and exits. That, that's who Joe Biden is. He's like the fourth copy of Michael Keaton in Multiplicity. And he's been doing this really odd whispering thing lately. Not so much of the yelling. He's been doing the yelling and anger outburst. But now lately as well, you know, he's been doing the whispering. 1.5 billion assholes. I'm bringing it to everybody. I'm putting people back to work. Yeah. <laughs> It'll be, like, be talking normally, completely normally. And then it's. 
we're coming to your house. You better take the jab, motherfuckers. <laughs> yeah, he, he, he is certainly creeping me out when he does that. I don't know. <laughs> I, I, I really don't. I don't know if he thinks we're going to. I mean, it's certainly we're paying attention more when he does that because we're all weirded out. So it's working in terms of like attention. But this, the, but the content, there's there's no substance there. There's no substance between his ears at this point. He's totally incompetent. He's not mentally fit. He should be removed from office. As much as I don't like Kamala, probably mispronounced that. You know, hopefully she forgives me. But at this point, the guy cannot be president. But I, it's kind of weird, though, in a way, Paul. I think, I think this is almost like humiliation. Like the system, the people actually running the show were basically trying to show us that yeah, you can have a mashed potato brain president and we're going to still run the show and do what we want. It doesn't matter if he's a complete moron. We're going to send him out there. He's going to totally humiliate himself. And we're going to show you it doesn't matter because the machine is still going to run itself because we're really in charge, not him. It's almost like a twisted way of of humiliation and, and really kind of revealing to us how the system works. Yeah. And, you know, I, I wonder if there's any of those moderate Republicans that are just, you know, you just you're watching Fox News all the time and you just can't stand Joe Biden and you're you're buying in. But then you're really relieved and you sleep well at night because Donald Trump is not making any mean tweets. <laughs> yeah, I know. Right? I mean, those God. are the people, though. Those are the people you called them last week. Boomer Republicans like those are the people that have got to come to their senses here. Yeah, they, they, they really do. And they have to ditch this whole, obviously, okay, people with Trump's in office, oh, the dignity of the office, you know? The, what about the dignity of the office? Okay, obviously now, the dignity of the Oval Office means way less than it ever did. Yeah. Well, ever. let's be honest. <laughs> with with, I mean, with Joe yeah, Biden it, there. Yeah, oh, obviously. I mean, we're at an all-time low, but... Let's talk about the dignity of that office as we are using drone strikes against American citizens, as we are killing innocent people in the Middle East and letting our soldiers die for oil or whatever you think, you know, guarding poppy fields in Afghanistan. I mean, what dignity do we really have when we are interfering in foreign countries' elections and all kinds of really shady stuff. I mean, it's kind of a facade in many ways to begin with. Exactly. Yeah. And it was. So all that stuff or, you know, parts of that, they were going on for a long time when, you know, the president would go out there and if he read the teleprompter correctly, everybody would feel good inside. And yeah. so, yeah, it was this false sense of decency, this this fake theater. And then a guy like Trump. Look, I was telling a guy the other day at dinner. Uh, he was asking me about Trump, and I we, we he didn't ask me specifically about Trump, but we were just talking about. I just volunteered it. I was like, and that's why I like Trump, because I was telling some of the intricacies of of you know what I've learned about politics, and you know since I've been covering this and and following the money and everything else, and I said you know when Trump got in office, the right people were upset, not just upset but furious. And didn't know what to do. And all they did was let's unify just like they would do if we were going to fight a proxy war in Syria or a proxy war in Libya. Those same people that would lock arms and sing kumbaya about how we're going to fight these wars in the Middle East were the same people that all of a sudden coordinated with the media to take out Donald Trump at all costs.
And that's how you knew he was different. And, and he was actually doing something that was good. They're so afraid of him being reelected. They're so anti-Trump that really that that makes him the default best option in 2024. It really does. I've had my frustrations with him, some things I'm not a big fan of that he's done. Uh, a lot of the stuff in that America First agenda I love. I'm obviously a nationalist, populist, America First guy. Um, you know, he's not perfect, but what an FU to the system it would be if he did it again, if he was elected one more time. I think that reason alone, that really does make the best case for him being the guy to get back into office. Well, yeah, and there's not going to be any more. Well, okay, let we would hope that from this point on, there's not going to be any more Bill Barr's mess-ups, screw-ups. Right. Yep. There's not, and, and, you know, there's a report, if it's true, that he's distanced himself now from Jared Kushner. I don't know if that's true or not, but there, there is that report, and we'll have to wait and find out. But, but that's kind of what, what we need. We need, a, I think, President Trump, and I think he really wanted to make a deal with the other side when he got in. Um, and when I mean the other side, I mean those people who had sold us out and, you know, for, for decades and made a living off of telling us they were going to fix it and then coming up with excuses, good, well-funded excuses as to why they couldn't deliver the globalism or whatever was was constraining them. And and I really think Trump was like, OK, well, I won fair and square. This is the way the game is played. And so now I'm going to get what I want and I'm going to do what the American people want. And I'm going to be and and I think he really tried in the beginning to say, OK, well, you know, let's see. If if they're going to play ball, you know, um, we've had a uniparty in control and now we have a different person in control now. Let's see if and then they obviously they didn't do it, obviously. So you would hope that the second time around or what will now be a third time around. And he's been making that joke, by the way, that he'll have to win. Uh, he'll have to win a third election. Um, you would hope that he's going to distance himself. He's going to quit making it going to, if you are establishment at all, then you're just not even going to get an interview with him. Yeah. Great points, Paul. You, you definitely have to learn those lessons. And what we've seen is that the right pressure on Donald Trump can work, you know, can influence his positions, can influence, you know, what he says, which is good, um, because he listens to his base. An example of that recently was the um, the rally that he did where he asked who killed Ashley Babbitt, right? Um, so he's coming out with it now. We even talked yeah. about the people who are in jail still from January 6th. So the right pressure worked. It took longer than I wanted. But at the end of the day, he adapted to it and realized this was an important issue amongst the base. And now he's speaking out and the system is not going to like that. Um, so we're heading towards, a, I, I think, a really, really interesting political clash for 2024. Yeah, you know, that was really refreshing, his rallies to see him. And to, to your point, he asked the one question that you're not supposed to ask now, and that's who killed Ashley Babbitt. You're not supposed yep. to remember her. You're not supposed, it's not a thing, right? And then he goes and he asks it. It's just like when he ran the first time and he made his whole campaign about the wall, the border and illegal immigration. That was not supposed to be a thing yeah. that, you know, you talked about, even though the rest of the American people really cared about it. 
So, uh, yeah, it's 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 encouraging. And I think these rallies, you know, who who knows how many times, you know, the handlers were keeping a lid on Trump in terms of just trying to shepherd him and keep him from saying this or tweeting that or whatever. Then he'd go to a rally and his inner monologue would take over and he would just start saying, you know, probably his best one liners. One of those was probably Ashley Babbitt, you right. know. And this in this line. And so these rallies we have really missed because they actually allow Trump to be who he is himself. And let's hope, again, that any influences that are keeping him from being, you know, himself, warts and all, which is what the American people want. They just want to know that that you are being honest with them, even if you're not a perfect person and no one is. These rallies are going to help him do that. Absolutely. You know, that's um, he's in his element during those rallies. He's among the people. Um, and he can feel their energy and, and, you know, what they believe and what they want. And that causes him to go off script and you get the off the cuff remarks. And, you know, it's great. That's what we need more of. I mean, I'm not saying there isn't an appropriate time for him to have a scripted speech. There obviously is. But these sort of settings are absolutely the time for him to take that script and throw it away um, and just connect with the people. Right. And uh, that's that's just, again, where he's in his element. That's what we need. Look, we've talked about this before, Paul. There isn't exactly an America first bench at the presidential level right now. Um, so a lot of people who weren't happy with some things Donald Trump did at the end, et cetera. Well, unless you want four additional years of a Biden Harris administration or a Harris administration or, you know, potentially something just as bad. um, it's time for you to start getting real. You want Mike Pence? No, right? I mean, Ron DeSantis at the Florida level. I do have some concerns about Ron at the national level. I do think he's the best governor in America. Um, but, you know, Trump is really leading the party right now. And he's what we've got, right? And, and he's sticking up for us. So that that's what we've got. And I think it's going to be Really fascinating to find out. He says he's made up his mind if he's going to run or not. Um, he said that with Sean Hannity. And so at the end of the day, is that a yes or is that a no? I, I don't know. Paul, what do you think? Is he going to run? He says his mind is made up. Mm, I know. I'm, I, I don't know. Um, I don't know. I think uh, he could easily. He could easily actually say no, believe it or not, and say, no, I'm not going to run. Uh, and I know this is going to sound conspiratorial, or whatever, but you know, wouldn't it be great if he said no and then he gets, uh, uh somehow voted in as speaker of the house or, you know what I mean? Every, you know what I'm saying? Like, uh, where, <laughs> where he's kind of like, oh really? Okay. You know, um, I mean, he's got a look, he knows he got this thing stolen from him. He knows yeah, he does. He knows Russia. So I don't care what he says, honestly. With with Trump, you can't when it, when it comes to something like this, he is a, a master at, um, you know, you, you know, tell, working saying, the crowd, working the crowd. Saying he's going to do wh whatever you know, whatever's going to be best for him, and and I, I think that that is I I, can, I wouldn't hold him to it. Meaning, if he came out tomorrow and said, "I'm not running." I'm going to be like, whatever. It's what is this? July. OK, yeah, yeah, that's that means absolutely nothing. So, right. If the country takes an even darker turn, um, you know, maybe he reconsiders. So you're right. I think that's actually a good point.
And we have to, have to, have to build that America first bench at the presidential level. And by the way, that means ruling out the fake America first folks. You know, um, I'm just going to say it. Ted Cruz, fake America first when it comes down to it. Uh, there's a lot of people like that. Fake America first. Does anyone really think Lindsey Graham is America first? No. <laughs> Tim Scott? No. Uh, certainly not the doofuses in charge of the party right now in Washington. We know Mitch McConnell and Kevin McCarthy. Those clowns are not America first. So we have to build that bench. We have to identify who is not America first. And we have to stop capitulating because the the establishment and, you know, the Democrat Party, they don't want what we want. Working with them and compromising on bills all that does is give the Democrats what they want. It has never worked out for Republicans in any way. Uh, we have to stop compromising with people who hate us, who don't support yeah. us, who implement policies that screw us over. We, we, we're going to in order to decide this, a, a good metric for me would be any of these people who have been in the system a long time. First of all, we need to automatically <clears throat> assume that they're guilty. And I know that's antithetical, but I just mean we need to automatically assume that they are a giant part of the problem if they've had a, any sort of sustained political career. OK, yeah. um, then we need we desperately need this guy, this Chinese spy that 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 confessed and turned himself over to military intelligence. We desperately need at some point. Uh, we, we, I guess we could try to do our own research, but if there's any ties, any friendliness to the communist Chinese party, I don't care if it was benign and you were naive, you're, you're basically cut off. I think that is essentially the scarlet letter. Uh, it's anathema because we fundamentally cannot trust you to represent us. We are actually in a cold war, you know, situation with the communist Chinese and they have bought and paid our politicians for decades now, and we really don't know which ones are which, but it's in both parties and we need that information. But before I, you know, before we build a, a, a America first bench, we have to know, uh, you know, who, who's willing to even tolerate the communist party of China and what they've done to this country. Oh, absolutely. And the great point you make about China, you know, and you, you've said this previously as well, Paul, how they use our weaknesses against us, you know, oh, you are racist against black people. You know, China loves to play that tune. The other tune they love to play is, you know, how we uh, discriminate against LGBTQ plus folks as well. But ironically, not community, not, yeah, community. not community, not community. Absolutely not. But we know that China has terminated nearly all public WeChat accounts. And if you're not familiar, WeChat is just a multi-purpose social media uh, app in China, right? So we know everything, you know, is essentially state-run. They control everything. They're communists. But China, the government, has terminated nearly all public WeChat accounts created and run by LGBTQ plus groups at Chinese colleges and feminist organizations in an overnight crackdown. So China wants everyone who is pro LGBTQ plus in our country to hate 
God-fearing Americans and to create division. What they're actually doing is they are cracking down on it in their own country. They're not for this kind of stuff. I mean, look at the racial diversity of China. Look at their immigration program. We've talked about this before again. But they're cracking down on the LGBTQ plus groups. And uh, at the same time, they're telling us what bigots we are in our country for not doing even more for the LGBTQ plus classification. Yeah, that, that appears to be so. Uh, it, it appears that the communist Chinese are giant hypocrites. Newsflash. <laughs> I mean, you know, I'm so hurt by this. How dare they? Like you said, they, they really would love all of our men to get gender reassignment surgeries over here promoted by the corporations that they've secretly infiltrated. And eventually one of these gentle, gentle, <laughs> uh, uh, genitalist men, maybe they'll get elected president and then it'll be easy pickings, uh, you know, to fully take over. Our country. Was that generalist or general, uh, like a gen generalist or genital, genital, less. Gentle, genital, genital, I kept trying to say gentle, but they will be gentle. Trust me. Well, yeah, they'll be docile. Uh, they'll be more docile. docile than the old, um, COVID test up the yin yang there. That's right. That's right. Oh, they will be as docile as an American <laughs> diplomat to China in the airport. And it's like, whatever you say, master Jing Zhang, um, uh, or, or Jing Jinping, excuse me. So um, anyway, so, yeah, I mean, that's what they want. And they're put they're pushing this uh, this, you know, everybody's a bigot uh, here in America and everybody's a victim. And so we have to find out who the oppressor is. I mean, they're pushing the Marxism. It, it is all coming uh, or at least it's being greatly, greatly aided by the Communist Party of China. And, and but in their own country, they uh, they say, uh, wait a second, there's people that are becoming LGBT and uh, or they're 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 celebrating their LGBT ism in, in communities and colleges in China. Wow, we're just going to ban all of their accounts so they can't talk to each other. Um, I mean, that's what a totalitarian regime does. And, you know, so all of you LGBTQ, RSTLNE people, would you like to buy a vowel? Um, I mean, it, 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 you know, you think you're oppressed here in this country when you're perfectly free to go live the life you want to live. You just want everybody to tell you that you're doing a good job living your life. And I'm sorry, you're not entitled to that in America. But over in China, you don't even get to talk to your friends so that you can have your uh, one night stands. Uh, I, I mean, uh, you know, if you're supposed to, you know, what's the app that they use? You know, over in China, you wouldn't even get to use your uh, your, your hookup apps over there. So. I mean, uh, that's what a totalitarian society gets you, fellas or gals or whatever. Yeah, it's just incredible how, you know, China, they they um, they know exactly what to do. And you have the American communists, the, the Chris Hayes of the MSDNC, repeat Chinese communist propaganda. Um, I'll, I'll give you an example. A China state media account tweeted out on Twitter how a gun-happy nation spends its 4th of July weekend. It's a photo of uh, two people in suits saying, to freedom, they're toasting each other. And next to them, someone saying, of shooting. They have guns in their hands, blood splattering out, and it's a uh, tombstone next to them, death from firearm. Now, Chris Hayes of MSDNC quote tweets this and says, continue to be grimly fascinated by how much America's truly exceptional levels of gun violence figure in the perception of the country around the world, you moron. So again, they have these 
American journalists repeating their propaganda in our country as well. So it makes it very easy to shape opinions within our own country. And again, a lot of these people, Paul, are, are bought off by the Chinese Communist Party. So you see how the system works and how this takes shape. But again, the hypocrisy, we understand it. It's just like the Democrats. They don't care. They're not hiding it. They are literally openly shutting down LGBTQ plus activity and then turning around and blaming the United States for being anti-gay. I mean, so and they're not hiding it. They don't care that you call them bigots and homophobes. Do you think the Chinese Communist Party is losing sleep over that? No, that's what no. they want. <clears throat> they the Chinese they want to win. They just want to win. They want to defeat the United States, and they want to be the world's lone superpower. It's really as simple as that. And once you understand that, then you got to you know, th then you're left with a decision. Well, I've got to you know, I've got to reject all of this class warfare nonsense. Yeah, absolutely, a hundred percent. One other topic I want to touch on is Chicago, or uh, Chirac, as a lot of people call it. Laurie Lightfoot has a different opinion, though. The mayor of Chicago, who looks like Beetlejuice, just don't say her name three times or she'll appear, and I don't want her in my house. Laurie Lightfoot says, crime is down. Don't worry, shootings and stabbings and all that sort of, you know, bad stuff. It's down in Chicago. We're getting safer. She actually had the uh, balls and, you know, I don't assume she doesn't have those, but to actually lie to the media and say that crime is down. I don't know what you're talking about. All this violence in Chicago crime is going down. Well, it just so happened. Uh, 99 shot 17 fatally across Chicago since uh, this past Friday night in the city's most violent weekend of 2021. So, again, Communists like Lori Lightfoot understand that Chicago is extremely dangerous and extremely violent. And rather than address the issues and her incompetence, she is going to lie to you with a straight face and tell you crime is down while you literally read the reports of 99 shot and 17 killed. It's uh. It's unbelievable. I feel like there's a 99 bottles of beer joke in there somewhere, but I feel like that would be disrespectful. Um, but yeah, to your point, this is ridiculous. She's claiming that things are, uh, no, there's nothing to see here. And then, then the weekend happens. A big you know, 4th of July holiday and 99 people are shot. And she doesn't care enough to take responsibility because... She only cares about, apparently, only cares about her political fortunes. She is disgusting. She's a disgrace. But you know what? I stop getting wound up about, you know, these overwhelming liberal cities where these kind of things happen. I mean, we know in big liberal cities, crime is way up. Violent crime is way up. Shootings and homicides way up. This is what those folks voted for, right? And at this point, you've had plenty of time to move out of these areas if this is not what you're in support of. So, yeah, I just don't have the sympathy anymore. I'm not going to get worked up over it. These people continue to be voted into office. So everyone is getting exactly what they want. In fact, I would love to see 
the liberal folks in my state and probably those in yours, they can move to Chicago. I think that'd be a great thing. Um, let's connect all the liberals and in, into these big cities across America, right? Let's let's get them into Los Angeles. Let's get them into Washington D.C. Let's get them into Chicago. Let them all live there. Hell, why not? Right? I mean, yeah. I don't. I don't need. Uh, I I certainly don't need Los Angeles or Chicago. Like I I'm never like, oh, honey, you want to go vacation in Los Angeles? No thanks. Yeah. Hell no. And then you've got actual GOP politicians and governors. Who are celebrating, oh, so-and-so got tired of California. They're moving to Texas. Yeah, guess what? Texas is going to be purple and then blue if that continues. Because there ain't going to be just a gazillion Republicans moving to your state. There's going to be some liberals, too. Liberals who maybe are tired of that particular scenario in their state, but ultimately who will continue to vote for Democrats and Democrat policies, and it's going to end up destroying what you've built in your Republican area, your state, your county, your city, whatever. I'm not encouraging these people to move. If you're a Democrat, I want you to stay right where you're at. And if you're in an area where I'm at, I want you to move. And that's about <laughs> it. Yeah. Well, yeah, you reap what you sow. And so they, they don't want to, uh, they don't want to reap the benefits of electing Democrats to run their inner cities for the last, you know, 50 years. They just, uh, all they want to do is, is move out. And then they don't, there really should be an active campaign. And I don't, I don't know, maybe there is, but I mean, if you're Texas right now and you like your way of life, then you need to be donating to some organization that's got, I don't know, go door to door and be like, Hey, just so you know, you're new to the neighborhood. Uh, you know, and, uh, somebody said, you know, the difference between a Yankee and a damn Yankee. And it's like, well, uh, Yankees go back home. Um, (laughs) but, uh, damn Yankees stay. Okay. Well, if you're going to stay, then you need to understand why you moved here. You know, I don't know if you need to do billboards or what, but, uh, you know, please don't come in here and then vote, you know, your messed up logical immoral beliefs on me and then make it to where I have to move to the next conservative bastion. Yeah. There are no based Republicans coming from Portland, Oregon to your town. (laughs) (laughs) I don't care. At best, they are a Mitt Romney Republican. We do not want them stay in Portland, you know, have tea with Antifa, whatever. I don't care, but stay the hell away from me uh, and don't ruin my community as well. Yeah. I mean, yeah, I mean, to your point, they're probably not even a Mitt Romney type. They probably are somebody who did major in, you know, uh, not underwater basket weaving, but like underwater joint rolling. And they're probably really good at it. And they probably have a dream to open up some sort of marijuana shop or something. I'm just I'm sorry. I'm really stereotyping here. Probably played ultimate Frisbee in college. By the way, I played in college, so I can say that. Um, but it was, th- th- those are the people. Those are probably the people that are moving. Yeah, 100%. Yeah, no question. Well, that's all the time we have this week. We hope you enjoyed the show. Paul, where can everyone reach you on social media? Uh, we're on, I'm on Gab at Paul Harrell 1776 Also, the What It Really Means podcast account is there. Follow that. Uh, it is WIRM podcast. And, of course, I'm on Gab at Brad Shepard. Paul, any final words of wisdom for the audience? I think that we are going to see some even better results this time next week from these audits. 
More news stories. Again, this this one's huge that Brad told you about. The Arizona election servers were hit by a security breach on November 3rd, and that was kept hidden from us until now. There will definitely be more shoes to drop between now and next week's What It Really Means. And until then, we will see you next week. 